On this episode, we're going to look at what happens to leaders in the early church, especially one who gets persecuted and even gives up his life for the Lord Jesus. Stay tuned. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to another episode here on Inverse. Hopefully you've been tracking with us from week to week up to this point in the book of Acts. We're going to look at chapter 6 and chapter 7, and if time allows, we're maybe onwards, and who knows where the Holy Spirit will lead us in this conversation. I think one thing that I'm getting from is that we really need the Holy Spirit's leading in all of our conversation, all that we do uh, around here. So let's have a word of prayer together, and uh, Jared, can you lead us out in prayer, please? Sure. Father in heaven, we pause to invite your presence here with us. Give us discernment and grace as we seek to deeper, more deeply understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go to chapter 6, verse 7. And Israel, can you read that for us? Sure. Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Okay, Siku, help us track here for maybe first-time viewers, or maybe one week is a, is a long time, and a lot of life happens in between, and so keep us up to track here. Well, we saw Jesus went up to heaven in Acts chapter 1, and he mm-hmm. promised the Holy Spirit would come and empower the disciples to spread the gospel, which they've been doing, they've been preaching, and thousands have been one to the faith. And then you start to see... Um, uh, some problems arising in the church. And so when we get to chapter 6, mm. you find that uh, there, were, there was some internal strife that developed in the church. And that's where we are right now is how does, how does the church deal with the strife that develops uh, within their mm-hmm. ranks? Mm-hmm. Let's, almost, let's spend some time in chapter 6. Let's read from verse 1 through about 4. And Jared, can I ask you to, to pick up there? Yeah. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, Is it not desirable, or I'm sorry, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. There's something really I appreciate about the book of Acts. I remember when the first time when I was converted into the church that someone gave me a Bible study in the book of Acts. And this person said, we're going to look at the whole book of Acts. And I'm like, dude, it's 28 chapters. It's like the longest book of the Bible outside of the other longer books that are <laughs> the next. And then, and then he said that the one word that's repeated over and over is the word word. Mm. And it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I always thought Acts, hey, it's like about, it's about the people. It's about even maybe in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the prominent figure, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. But the primary mechanism by which you see the, the Holy Spirit doing stuff is the word word. I mean, you see in this, chapter, in this, um, in this passage, uh, verse 2, they want to they spread the word of God, but they can't, they can't leave it. 
um, verse 4, they're giving themselves to the ministry of the word. And then Siku just read in verse 7, is the word of God is spreading. It's almost mm-hmm. as if the word of God is another character mm-hmm. in, in the book of Acts. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what's what's going on here, Israel, in, in chapter 6, 1 through 4? Um, yeah. what, what's what's the tension? What's we, the well, we talked about we talked about previously in other episodes how the, the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have... The church is growing and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. Then not just wide but deep. It's not just the church isn't just spreading numerically, but it's also growing in its depth. Mm-hmm. Satan is attacking on the outside, on and the on outside, the inside. yeah, on the outside, inside, personal. But no matter what happens, he is unable to take away success from the church because God keeps on investing. Mm-hmm. And so when you reach verse seven, you actually reach a climax. Of, I mean, this is like the best description of what's going on. Notice the words that, that are used there. It says, then, like you mentioned, then the word of God spread. Mm-hmm. So this, this element of, of spreading wide. And notice now how, remember how we talked about in the beginning, it said souls were added to the church. Mm-hmm. Then believers were added to the mm-hmm. church. And now it's talking about disciples not being added, but being multiplied to the church. And so the growth that is taking place now is just the, the picture that, that Luke wants to give us in this in, in Acts is the, the growth is out of control in every sense of the yeah so you have here now the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and not only are people not only are disciples being multiplied but then he continues on saying and a great many of the priests were now added but notice there how the priests come into places now a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith and so now you see people are growing it's gone from just souls to just to men to men and women to Jews and Gentiles now to priests. It's gone from added to the church to multiplied to the church to multiplied to the church greatly. It's gone now to added, multiplied, whatever, to being obedient, not just obedient, but obedient to the faith. And so you have this explosive growth in mm. every sense of the word that is taking place. And as a result of this explosive work or this explosive growth, the church does not know what to do. Part of that growth includes the, the addition of different cultures and different backgrounds and different. Now you have priests and lay people. Now you have, you know, leaders of, of, of other religions coming into your newly formed religion. So now you have this huge entire mess that human beings cannot control. It creates problems for us sometimes when we can't control the the environments that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why they needed the whole. They really needed the Holy Spirit at the beginnings of the church. Yeah, because like like we talked about in 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 the previous episode, which I wasn't a part of, the lying to the Holy Spirit. We know in Ananias and Sapphira, well, you know, they told a lie, and it was a big deal because this is the foundation of this movement, and so. Mm-hmm. You need to nip it in the bud. And here in chapter 6, as a result of this exponential growth that the church is seeing, these, these, the strife develops, a, a, a misunderstanding, um, possibly you know, prejudice or, or whether unknowingly that there was favoritism happening. And if this isn't dealt with right away, this becomes a seed in something that is growing exponentially, and that's very, very dangerous. So you need the Holy Spirit to guide because humanly they may not have known what to do in that situation, mm-hmm. but you need guidance in order to figure out how to, de- how to establish the church on a firm foundation. It's very encouraging that these issues are coming up such at, at an early stage in the church's development. 
And I think sometimes when we look at the book of Acts, we say that's a long time ago. Those issues came up and the Holy Spirit uh, rectified all those issues. But today is today. And today we have far more complex issues. But what we're seeing is many times it's the same it's the issues. the same stuff. Yeah. And the answer yeah. is still, still the Always same. Always the same. Still the same. Yeah. People are Jared? people, you know. I mean, and, and, and when I look at this, it, it's easy for us to go back to chapter 2 mm. and see all of the rosy stuff that was happening, you know, the deep fellowship. And mm-hmm. you put on your rosy colored glasses and you only see, you know, the beautiful, powerful picture. The church is, you know, resisting attacks and it's going forth in power and it's overcoming. Um, this is a real challenge, right? And, and I would like to think, um, now we're going to see this un- unfold in the future, and this, sure. this becomes a touchstone for, for deeper issues. Yeah. But when you have, you know, the clash of civilizations, as it were, sometimes, you know, you see it in major issues. Sometimes you see it in just, you know, I may not understand your perspective on certain issues, and you may not understand me, and we may not being in communication with each other, there are oversights and missteps and frustrations that can kind of bubble up. So the church says, listen, let's let's deal with this. And we need to find individuals who are full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and right. wisdom. So again, the Spirit, what the Spirit was doing back in chapter 2, there's feathers that are ruffled and there's disruptions to that. The answer is finding individuals who are filled with the Holy Spirit who have that orientation and who can come and bring wisdom to the situation. Yeah, a I level love this of management. because we live in a culture now that is just more international, more mm-hmm. uh, more diversity, globalization, and you got people speaking different languages. Just even language spoken at this table is a lot. And there's this, this, this uh, phenomenon of the third culture happening that no one is really from one country anymore. Mm-hmm. It's you got these parents, but you immigrated here, but then you kind of picked up this, and then and, right. and on top of that, it was America. Which is also another hodgepodge in Canada, and like even all, even in the old world in Asia and Africa and Europe, there's just a lot of mixing mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And then the answer to all that has been pluralism. Yeah, let's just learn to tolerate each other and not cross any lines and just kind of ex- coexist. But the, the the scripture is not saying that at all. And just to go with that, they didn't decide. Okay, let's have. The church for the Hebrews, the Christian mm. church for the Hebrews, and the Christian church for the Hellenists. Mm. That the solution wasn't tolerate each other. By you do your own thing, we do our own thing. They actually came together to figure out how do we yeah. come together as yep. a church. Yeah. And it was appointing leaders who are spirit filled, mm-hmm. not neglecting the study of the Word of God. These are things that were central to making sure that they can work together as a church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's read them from verse 5. Mm-hmm. There, uh, verse 5. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man of full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, uh, Timon, Timon, Timon. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> think of the Bible from. Bible character. Uh, anyway, we'll keep on going. Uh, Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. What is the significance of choosing these leaders at this time, uh, Israel? The church is responding to the need that is taking place. Um, a lot of times, what ends up happening is we do what, you know, Siku just mentioned. We, we come up with human solutions to divine problems. 
the one thing that we need to understand is God, this did not catch God by surprise, mm. right? God wasn't caught off guard. Oh, man, I, I never thought about what was going to happen if all the world comes together and follows me. This didn't catch God off guard. But when we look at our experiences and the fact that we are a part of a global movement, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's a time for us to learn how to surrender our divine problems to God, to a divine being to take care of. And so what the church is simply doing here is they're surrendering to the needs that are taking place. They're surrendering to allow God to work out the circumstances that they find themselves in. And so they respond to the problem to advance mission by... Well, it's such leaders. a complex problem. The temptation is for humans to say, let's try to solve it. Let's try to get more brilliance, more resources, more throw more money at it. Let's try to like, get more people involved. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying, the answer is not. Yeah, it's this, just surrender. This is, this is a spiritual problem, mm-hmm. and there's a spiritual solution. I think what we can do is easily turn here and say... Well, these are the, the the first set of deacons, and they dealt with practical matters. And then you have um, the division of here's the the lay people who are working, and they're just opening the doors of the church, and they're taking up offering, and they're doing all of this. And then you have this professional priesty class, and that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. These are men who are filled with the Holy Spirit. They were spiritual people. You have some mm-hmm. that are serving in one capacity, and others in another capacity, but There's they're all the same people. The, the, the character there of special import is Stefan. We'll find out more after the break what happens to this guy and the ramifications of what happens to this guy after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, Join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're in the midst of Acts chapter 6, verse uh, 5, 6 ish, somewhere around there. And we're talking about the leaders that the early church uh, was, uh, had, had chosen. And Siku, what, what's. There is a there's a, a sentiment out there that says we don't need leadership in the church, we don't need we don't need organized religion. You know, a mm-hmm. little bit. Have you guys heard that? It's kind of yeah. cool to say that nowadays. You know what? Um, comment on that on well, structure and mission, and organization. And right. Just well, solve I mean, all those problems in the next. All place. of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Divine problem. What we see happening here is a structure that's developing and mm-hmm. and it is in response to a situation, right? So you have the these deacons that are being appointed as a result of a situation that arose from the multiplication that was happening in the church. Yes. And so it's not structure just for structure's sake. It's not having, you know, certain people in certain positions just because that's how it's supposed to be done. Yes. Actually, if they were sticking to this is how it's supposed to be done, they, they would have been close-minded even to adding deacons because they'd be like, well, Jesus didn't appoint deacons, so we're not going to have deacons, right. right? But they were open to the Holy Spirit's leading because the goal wasn't just to have structure for the sake of it. The goal was to spread the gospel. So they're very adaptive. They're very creative. They're very, proact- mm-hmm. very proactive. But you're, they're not, the, what, I, what, what I'm sensing from your comment is the purity of the mission has been retained through each of these stages right. regardless of the troubles that they go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Well, and and the, church is, I think the church is responding to 
the, the leading of, of God and the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. its life. And it, it's important for us to note that because what has happened in today's society is we always want people to fit into the structure that we have in place. We don't want mm-hmm. any interruption mm-hmm. with that, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you mm-hmm. know what? What would happen if we started reaching out to lower class people? And then they'd come into our church and then they'd fill our church up and then we can't pay for their education and then we'd have all these responsibilities to, you know, to help them live. And so let's not reach out to the inner cities. Or what would happen if we reached out to a certain minority group. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to change. And so a lot of times, because we are comfortable where we're at, we right. don't want to. And here you find the opposite. Mm-hmm. The, the church is responding to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these people, one of, they could have responded by saying, man, let's get... Why it's the way, it's way of yeah. life. And yeah. there's many people who want to preserve the way of life. Yeah. And sometimes the longer you've been in church, you assume that your spirituality is your way. I mean, you start equivocating to, to together. Yeah. And it becomes very, 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 very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys were saying, no, let's just follow what the Holy Spirit is doing and mission is kept. I mean, that's just very, 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 very encouraging. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's go. Yeah. go oh, no, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's okay. move. Well, I want to move to this one guy that in verse 5, they chose Stephen, the man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. He becomes a prim- prominent character, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's now preaching soon here. I think it's chapter 7. And he pre- and he preaches a long message. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the whole chapter is dedicated to his message. Mm-hmm. And um, Jared, what's going on with uh, Stephen's ministry here? Well, this guy's a deacon, and God raises him up to deliver this very straight message to the Sanhedrin of God's faithfulness to them, what God has done in history, type and anti-type, pointing to Jesus, and then basically calling them out and their personal responsibility for putting Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And it was too hard of a word for them. This is almost like God's last great appeal. Earlier in the book, we have these concentric circles of the gospel going to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So this is kind of pushing to this, this tipping point where the church, yes, you know, Gentiles are, are coming in, but the church is primarily, you know, it's, it's a Judaic church in Jerusalem. And with this official kind of pushing back against the church on the part of the Sanhedrin, then the gospel starts to not just bleed out, but it starts to just push out with power. So if Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is kind of like a table of contents, so you have Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth or the ends of the earth, we're kind of ending chapter 1 and and kind of bridging on. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's being to spread. A couple of things to note is that in, in verse 8, chapter 6, verse 8, it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And something that's important for us to point out is the fact that, you know, Stephen, he's not one of the apostles. Mm-hmm. And yet he's still full of faith and power, and he's still doing great wonders and signs among the people. And he's preaching because he's preaching in chapter 7. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, we've, we've, come, we've, we've become a society that requires qualifications to do something. Right. You know, it's like, well, do you, are you going to study the Bible with me? Well, do you have a Ph.D. in theology? No, then you're not qualified. Or I have a burden to share the Bible. Well, if you have a burden, you should get a degree in theology. Mm-hmm. Or you've got to become a pastor. You've got to be a this or that. Here... You don't have any of that. You know, you have the separation of distinction between the apostles and the deacons, quote unquote. But 
in reality, Stephen's actually doing the work of the apostles, mm -hmm. even though he's not an apostle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the early church and in today's society, if we want to be like the early church, we need to get rid of the whole, uh, I cannot be a minister unless I have a credential. Mm -hmm. You know, I cannot do ministry unless I am a, a minister. And th this is not something that exists in the early church. Right. I mean, the seven, the seven who were selected at the beginning of chapter six, they were selected because they were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Not that they got, they were selected and then they became filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Yeah. Um, so that doing God's work doesn't require a position. Mm. Like, yeah. Even if I don't have the position or the recognition or whatever, um, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be doing God's work, to be sp spreading the gospel, doing m marvelous signs doesn't yeah. require a yeah. position like yeah, that. The church, or, the church or the body of believers at this time recognized where God was moving, not that once the, ch the church chose these people, then God placed right. the Holy Spirit on them. Mm -hmm. And I think we, the order of that, sometimes we get that mixed up. We feel like the, the church has to bless and then God uses these people. And it, but we, the church needs to recognize. Yeah, it. and I think it, it goes with what we're talking about, the structure and mission thing. It, it almost becomes like we worship the structure that is church, mm. you know, so so the structure is what brings the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, but that's that's right. not it. The structure right. is a response to right. what God is doing in his church. Right. Another thing or to note be. Yeah, and the, another thing to note is the fact that, you know, Stephen is not Stephen is there there isn't this obsession with there isn't this obsession with titles. There isn't this obsession with it's just like get the work done. Do the work and God's going to bless that work, and that in itself is all you need in order to serve Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now let's look at the results of this uh, titleless, uh, <laughs> positionless person. Verse fifty-four of first uh, chapter seven, seven fifty-four. When they were hurt, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. So I would just say that's probably a probably a negative response to <laughs> to, the, to the message. I don't know what that gnashed at him with their teeth. Is that that's literal? Like they're like just uh, arr, like a whole congregation yeah. just showing them their their teeth to him, um, which is kind of funny, but also scary at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever preached where people have gnashed. Maybe. Maybe it's because I don't preach like Stephen did. Well, you're not a deacon, maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm not a deacon. <laughs> yeah. um, what's what's going on there, um, uh, Jared? Can you read verse 55 to 57 there? Sure. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. Okay, there's a lot there. So first question yeah. is, uh, why did Stephen's preaching cause this reaction? Let's look at the spiritual anatomy of that reaction. Okay, I, I don't know that I'm answering the why, but just noting this, this phrase, cut to the heart, that mm -hmm. we have here in 7 verse 54. You see it in Acts chapter 2, mm -hmm. right, and verse 37. When they heard Peter's message, it says, the exact same phrase, they were cut to the heart. But when they felt that cut to the heart, that, that, that feeling of in their heart, like a, like a knife had just sliced through them and, and exposed, you know, so to speak, mm -hmm. the reaction in Acts chapter 2 is, what shall we do? Like they, they, it was a reaction of surrender. And in opposition to that, when, when these people heard Stephen preaching and they had the same experience of feeling like they had just been their spirit, their, their souls had been bared open, they, they, it's almost like they, they react in anger against that, mm. and they take out their anger 
on Stephen, right? And they, they reach out and gnashing at their teeth and they run after him and casting him out. So when we hear the word of God, the word of God was preached and it speaks to our hearts. We could react either with surrender, I surrender to what I'm hearing, or we could react with, with anger towards it and close ourselves off to it and harden our hearts against it. The same response in Acts chapter 2, where, yes. the, where, where the church was brought under the Spirit in one accord, the same phrase is used here in verse yeah. 57, 57, that they're in one accord, they're, they're in harmony with each other, pushing back and resisting the conviction. So preaching of the word, conviction, and there's an action, but there's two different scenarios on what that action is. It could go pretty, this, is, this is a profound mm-hmm. study. Why, why is it that, that um, when, when the word is being preached, what, what, is, what is happening? What 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 is cut to the heart? I know I know we know what that is, but what what is that? Anger? Is it conscience? Conviction? Uh, what is that, Israel? The purpose of the the purpose of the word of God. It's you know Paul Peter refers to it, it's like a sword. It's designed to cut. to cut. That's the purpose of it. It's designed to cut. It doesn't just wound. It also heals if we allow it to. It's like the sun. Mm. It melts butter, but it hardens clay. And the purpose of Scripture is to move us, mm-hmm. not to leave us where we're at. The purpose of Scripture is to move us, ideally to move us closer to God, ideally to give us an Acts chapter 2 experience. But if it doesn't move us toward Acts chapter 2, then it's going to automatically us to move us towards Acts chapter 7. It will never leave us alone where we're It pushes we're at. us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. It, it moves us out of our complacency mm-hmm. and our staticness. Because where we're at, we can never remain where we're at. We have mm-hmm. to either constantly move closer to God and leave behind who we are, or... By not moving closer to God, we're removing, we're, we're, we're getting further and further away from him. One time I was, um, I was swimming in the ocean and there was a current that was, that was an undercurrent. And as I was swimming, I was thinking that I was remain, remaining in the same spot, right? I, was, I had my gaze set on a certain direction. I felt I was moving there. But when, when I stopped... Even though it seemed as though I was no longer moving, I was actually drifting away. Mm. And that's what the Word of God does. Unless we're constantly pushing forward towards something, we are slowly but surely being drawn away. Mm-hmm. 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 Great, great analogy. Um, let's go to verse 55 through 56. We talked about uh, Jared. There's, there's a lot going on there. So he's about, Stephen's about to die. He's about to get, about to get, about to get stoned, uh, rocks thrown at him. And 55, he sees a, a vision right before his death. Kind of help us out there. What's going on there? Yeah, so he sees Jesus standing, um, which is interesting because Peter has already preached Jesus being at the right hand of God. Yes. And he quotes the Psalms uh, implying Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Now, Paul later makes this explicit. He talked about Jesus ascending and sitting down at the right hand of God. It's a place of authority. Mm-hmm. Here, he doesn't see Jesus sitting. He sees Jesus standing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, And it, it, it's almost like you know when you're conducting a business deal, when everything is done... You stand up. You know, you're sitting down having a conversation. It's over. You stand up. Something has come to an end here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ad- identify this as, along with a number of other Bible students as being kind of the end of God's persistent patience with the Jewish nation. Mm-hmm. He raises up Stephen, gives this synopsis of, of, of all of the history, and they say, you know, they're cut to the heart. They're convicted by the Holy Spirit. And instead of mm-hmm. surrendering, they kill him. The next thing you see happening 
in this final rejection of this message of, of Jesus uh, in chapter 8, verse 4, the title in my heading in my Bible is Christ is preached in Samaria, mm-hmm. right? So there's this rejection, and God says, okay, the circle gets bigger. And throughout that book of Acts, we see the circle Acts chapter, yeah. getting bigger and yeah. bigger. Now we see the, the, the word is going out, and now the probation for the Jews is up. And uh, we're going to come to next week, we're going to look at the story of uh, Paul's conversion or Saul's conversion, one of the most powerful apostles that we've seen. And we're going to look at how this story progresses from one chapter to another. Stay with us and, and uh, we'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.